0: Boomy, um, bear with me one second. You guys, all right? Yeah. yeah. In a bit of an exciting morning, hasn't it? I think <laughs> so. Anyone else? Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Yay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Do you know when we were singing that song, all that my heart can give as a hallelujah. I think often we, that word is such a, uh, it's like a churchy word, like a Christian word, like a, it's a Bible word as well. And I think often we can hear that word and it's become a bit of a throwaway. But the, the essence of what that means is God is really good. God is great. Thank you so much, Evan. And so when we're singing that, all that my heart can say is, God, you are really good. God, you are really great. And isn't he? Like, yes. you, just, you just think to the stories, yes. just the stories. Isn't Jesus just beautiful? Isn't he just beautiful? That we had a young lady on the front row this morning who threw her arm up in the air to get baptised. Oh, don't you just love it? Isn't he beautiful? Isn't he just so good? So, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. There we go. Thank you. All right, you're awake now. So, I don't... I... We are looking at, um, by the way, hi, <laughs> if you are a guest here with us this morning, welcome. You are so welcome. My name is Kat, I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, we are continuing a series um, around our culture, um, who we are as NEMA Church, and, and we define culture as the, uh, the environment that we curate to nurture the things that we wish to see. And uh, we are uh, working, our, we've been working our way through all of these culture statements up here, and, oh, Josh, would you mind getting my um, culture journal out of my bag, please? Thank you. Um, and we, today is part two of number seven, We Look to Love People Well. <sighs> it's in there, thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Um, Thank you. This is this this is our culture journal. If you haven't got one, these are for sale. They are ten pounds each. You can. There is also a way to set up a payment plan so that you can pay one month with through your phone bill every month. Something like that. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Yay. Um, so if you'd like one and you don't have one, speak to Chris Tutton at the end. Um, Today, uh, today is our youngest daughter's birthday. She uh, she turned seven, and she has been counting down since the beginning of November. Um, And she uh, she wrote a birthday list. She's um, on an A four piece of paper in pencil, like she drew out lines to write on and everything. It was very sweet. And uh, she, I think it was came at number eight on the list. In big capital letters that filled the width of the page, "Love from my family." <laughs> isn't that like oh? But that is that is what that is. That's just the essence of our hearts' longing: is to is to love and to be loved, isn't it? Uh, and we are. So we're looking to um, just explore a little bit more about this culture statement, we look to love people well. This is going to be probably quite a short talk. Um, and we're going to just read through these statements now. Do you guys all want to stand up? I know you've just sat down, but hey-ho. Keeps you awake. Yeah, yeah. If you, uh, you want to get some steps in, you can just walk on the spot as well. Uh, so we're just going to read through these together. So we look to love people well. As God has been generous with us, We always look to be generous with others in how we spend our time, energy and money. We are confident that God loves to release blessing and favour into our lives for others and for ourselves. We are merciful with others others, committing to help people to take responsibility and find restoration when they make mistakes. We look to draw out the God-given identity in others by being a mouthpiece for Father God and speaking words of encouragement to help them discover the gifts, skills and opportunities he has given them. We believe every individual is born on purpose and with a purpose, and we love to help people discover theirs. We do all we can to champion and equip people to run into their God-given destiny. Woo! Yes. All right. So, we're just going to kind of skip along through a few uh, Bible verses, and I'm just going to keep an eye on the time. I'm hoping to only talk for about 10 or so minutes. And then we are, and then we're going to do something fun. Sound good? Yeah. Yeah? Cool. Awesome. Um, So, if you have, oh, wrong, not wrong one. Skipped ahead too quickly. Uh, If you've got your Bibles, you can open up at Matthew chapter 22, verse 39, where Jesus says this You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. And that word as means equally, since, like, because. So love your neighbour since you love yourself. Love your neighbour because you love yourself. So, in other words, you loving you is the foundation for you loving others. The people around you, your neighbours, your enemies, your family, your God. And I think you loving you, loving yourself, has kind of been slightly taken over by our culture at the moment and has become a very self-centred thing. And that's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is, if you have encountered the love of God that he has for you and have and experienced that and continue to walk and have your mind and your heart transformed to, to represent the thoughts and the, the feelings, the emotions that God has for you, that is loving yourself because you are aligning your heart and your mind with how God sees you and what he thinks of you. But I don't know about you I find many people and I have definitely done this myself and I'm really wanting to shift out of this many people let the love of God work through them but they don't always let the love of God work in them. And I often hear people quote scripture like parts of the Bible out of context to essentially it's like a subconscious way of validating a lack of self respect and self love and the the biggest one that I hear is I'm just a sinner saved by grace and the issue with that is that if you're saying, I am still or I am just a sinner, I am, that is a, that's a present tense. That is, as you are right now, I am still a sinner, I am just a sinner. This is going to potentially sound a bit harsh. Essentially, what you are telling Jesus is, what you did on the cross was enough to save me, but it wasn't enough to transform me. You were a sinner before you knew Jesus. But now that you do know Jesus, you're no longer a sinner, you are a saint. Yes? And a lot of this comes down to an issue around pride and humility. Humility acknowledges that the source of goodness, the source of greatness is God. God. So humility is Jesus-centred, it is Jesus-focused. It's thinking about yourself less. And when you do think about yourself, you think about yourself in the way that Jesus thinks about you. Pride is self-made. But the priority isn't that you love yourself the end. The priority is loving your neighbour and manifesting the love of God towards others as you have experienced the love of God for yourself, and in the if you if you've got your Bibles out, you can flip to near the beginning of the Old Testament to Exodus thirty-four, where God um, God passes in front of Moses. This is around the time that the um, Ten Commandments are being written, and. God describes his character to Moses as he passes in front of him surrounded in all of his goodness and his glory. And Exodus 34 verse 67 says this, The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. So if we could kind of create a list of the love attributes in God's character. They are, he is, his love is compassionate. His love is gracious. His love is slow to anger. His love is merciful. It's full of truth. It's faithful and it's forgiving and the goodness and the glory of God is seen as one and the same thing so when we manifest the love of God goodness is going to come into someone's life i say that again when we are living in and out of the love of God goodness is going to come into someone's life yeah. Romans 2 said that it's the goodness of God, it's the kindness of God that causes people to want to turn around and and be transformed and to receive transformation. And this is the process that we're invited into, is watching the Lord bring a shift and a change in people's hearts and their minds and their lives through love. So I've just got this next next little slide here. So last week Nick spoke to us um, predominantly... From 1 Corinthians 13, and I've just put these up to compare because everything that Paul described as love comes from the attributes of God's love and character as God described Himself to Moses. All right, so 1 Corinthians 13 love is patient and kind, that's compassionate. Love does not envy and boast. It's not arrogant or rude, gracious. Love is not irritable or resentful. That's God being slow to anger. Love rejoices with the truth. God is full of truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things and endures all things. That is a combination of merciful, faithful and forgiving. It's It's good, isn't it? So... We are here to love people well. We're here to set people free by loving people well. We're not here to put them into a deeper prison or to expand the darkness and the shame in their lives. We are here in the spirit of Isaiah 61 to open up prisons... To loose people into the love and the affection and the kindness and goodness of God. And could you imagine what could happen if, with every person we met, we represented the heart and the nature and the true affections of God? Could you imagine what could happen? I'll let you ponder on that for a moment. (laughs) God, God invites us to speak into people's lives and to, and to love them well by calling out who they are, by calling out the things that God sees in them, by le- helping them to, to be seen and to be known and to be loved. God isn't wanting to give you love so that you can give love to someone else. I'm going to say that again. God isn't wanting to give you love so that you can give love to someone else. God is wanting to be love for you and to you so that what you speak out over people is absolutely authentic to your life. That is the representation. Of God's love, and kind of taking a little lean into where I felt like God was wanting to um, take us this morning, and that is into the prophetic. Um, because the prophetic is encouragement. The power of God-breathed encouragement can literally save a person's life. And God's strategy for each one of us is hope. So as we speak over people, he wants to encourage, he wants to love, he wants to inject hope. And you are We prophesy in a way that gives people hope and faith and that empowers them to receive the love of God. And if God wants you to give all of those things out to other people, then he'll want you to have them in your life first. This is why, um, So a bit earlier in um, 1 Corinthians 13... Paul writes, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge and if I have faith that can move mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. God wants us to manifest and to pour out hope and faith and empower people to receive his love and he wants you to have them first now when we prophesy when we speak encouragement when we when we experience and feel the heart of God towards someone and that begins to overflow when we Prophecy can look um, can look very different for different people. So prophecy is um, essentially the way that God speaks to us, but it is for the benefit of other people. And that could look like you have a word ping into your head. It could look like you feel a particular sensation in your body. It could look like you have a picture in your imagination. It could look like that you you physically see it in front of you. It, It. it's very varied. But the really, the great thing is, is that there is, there is no pressure in the prophetic because we're not standing in for God. Does that make sense? We're not standing in for God. He's just, he's just pouring himself out through us. Yeah. yeah. He 's just pouring himself out through us, so we we open up our hearts and say, "God, you just communicate with this person, and I will just be a vessel through which you communicate Good <laughs> and there is a there is a place in the prophetic where and, and there, there is a place in in the affection of God and in the love of God where if we line our hearts up with the heart of God you, you will feel the love of God flowing out of you yeah in the same way that Jesus felt power flowing out of him in the gospels the, uh, there was a lady who was very poorly she'd been bleeding for 12 years she touched Jesus Jesus felt power coming out of him in the same way, you can feel the love of God flowing out of you when you connect and, and keep in line your heart with his. You will feel the blessing of God, the love of God, that envelops the person that you are speaking to and encouraging them. And it causes them to relax. And to feel seen. This is about hope to the discourage. And peace to the lost, love to the. Uh, its love is courage to the fearful. It's hope to the hopeless. It's strength to the weary, and it's wealth to the impoverished. When I, um, when we first started coming here a few years back, um, God started doing something. In me that I wasn't totally expecting, and um, and it started with you know when you know when a number of people say the same thing to you, and uh, you start thinking to yourself, huh, maybe maybe God's saying something, maybe God's trying to do something in me right now, and the thing that people kept saying to me was, you are beautiful and i realized the more and more it was said to me the more uncomfortable i got and i realized that my discomfort was because i didn't believe it and actually god was very just very gently just exposing that and saying come on it's time to it's time to see a shift in that and there is something incredibly special about being in the presence of people who think that you are beautiful. Because it has a way of transforming you. It has a way of reminding you. It has a way of transforming the way that you think about yourself. And this is family. It is, it is love in action. It is nourishment to your soul And love is the inner health that you need in order to walk freely in the purposes of God for your life. So what would it look like if each of us could create a culture that cultivates world changes by loving unconditionally and releasing people into hope? Our love could be so incredibly deep that people feel enveloped with a deep sense of belonging and they lose their fear of failure. How good would that be? 1 Corinthians 14.3 says, The one who prophesies speaks to people for edification, that's to promote and strengthen their spiritual growth. And encouragement, this is the amplified version, so the brackets are just to kind of expand what it's meaning. So encouragement to uphold and advise them concerning the matters of God. And consolation, it's a great word, isn't it? To compassionately comfort them. And uh, that that is what we are going to do now. So... We are moving into some fun. So um, what we are going to do now, I have invited a few people to just come and join me up on the stage here. And we are just going to um, create some space for the Holy Spirit just to reveal to some people here on the stage the things that he wants to speak to certain individuals about in the room. Um, So if if I've asked you, could you just come up now? Please. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Numa Sunday's podcast. For more information, go to numachurch.uk where you can find more ways to connect with us. Have a great week and remember you're loved.